I returned to Clare, Suffolk, from Liverpool at the beginning of September 1972 and enrolled late onto an A-level and O-level course at West Suffolk College, Bury St Edmunds. At that time, this FE college had a liberal philosophy and the staff were engaging, interesting and interested. Aside from qualifications, we had liberal studies, which formed the basis of some quite lively discussions. My plan was to get A-level art and five O-levels to place myself on a foundation studies course at Ipswich School of Art the following year. I was already running behind by four years, but hey, here I was at 20, actually enjoying learning, and many of the staff and students too. Some of the time, I was given a lift into college by Peter, a lap skinhead. I managed somehow to have friends from a variety of backgrounds. For myself, the hippie dream died with Hendrix in 1970. However, there were some big-time hippies at the college, alongside those who just didn't cut their hair. However, I quickly learnt that there were those who could be conservative with the large C and still enjoy the excesses of a supposedly alternative culture. The dress then was loons and clubby stack boots. To my shame, I went along with the fashion. I was writing poetry, of course, alongside my studies, and early in 1973 a pebble was published in an anthology. There, I was in print. Next, a student had put together a duplicated college magazine with seven of my poems in it, and the titles were Vultures, History of Research, Tractor Love, Love in a Pebble, Fly You Pester, Greenfields and eating my toes with depression. Oh, my God, that embarrassing feeling looking back. Still, the head of English liked them, but to this day, I don't really know what they were about. These early poems, however, do point two directions, poems about the self and poems about specific subjects. Also, history of research indicates a route I took later, which is writing as a character rather than myself, which ties into my other interest, drama. By this time, I had read all Sylvia Plath's poetry and had read Voyager biography of poet Hart Crane by John Unterecker. Of middle-class parents, Hart Crane, without the university education of his peers, struggled to be taken seriously as a major poet. He also struggled with his identity, personality and sexuality. Crane was gay, a poet and a homosexual pitched against his father's Christian scientist's faith and his father's desire to have Hart work in the family firm. And he was ever the underdog in the 1920s US poetry scene. His bridge sequence of poems is fantastic. Today we'd probably diagnose Hart Crane with bipolar disorder because of his mood swings, not helped by his binge drinking, which got him into trouble when he was beaten up and put in prison in Paris. Hart Crane committed suicide by jumping from the SS Orizaba off Florida in 1932. He was 32 years old. This is from the Brooklyn Bridge, the opening. 
How many dawns, chill from his rippling rest, the seagull's wings shall dip and pivot him, shedding white rings of tumult, building high over the chained bay waters, liberty. Then, within violet curve forsake our eyes, as apparitional as sails that cross, some page of figures to be filed away, till elevators drop us from our day. The A-level art exam was 15 hours in duration and spread over three days. Unbelievably, we were allowed to smoke tobacco during the exam. Finally, I'd cracked it. I had A-level and five O-levels. My first term at art school loomed. Way back in the 1940s, my mother Muriel had made a compromise with her dad that rather than pursue painting, she would train for a career in illustration. That is, painting sounded like some crazy self-indulgence while being an illustrator seemed to be a good, steady job option. Despite my parents' liberalism, I made the same mistake to appease my parents. Rather than enter Ipswich School of Art to undertake a more arty foundation course, I chose to pursue a three-year diploma course in illustration and design. Think of the benefits. I'd be out and earning in three years while I'd face five years of education if I wanted to be an artist or a sculptor. In retrospect, this was probably the worst decision of my life. My fellow students on the course were fine, but the tutors came over as conservative and overly disciplined. Yes, the first term was bearable, with introductory uh, workshops in typography, photography, screen printing and product design. However, the only discipline I really enjoyed was the weekly life-drawing classes. Product design was all about selling a product, not about exploring ideas, which is what I wanted to do while learning skills in different media. Also, I'd taken on my first bedsit. Well, it was a room in a large house I shared with the landlady. She'd converted the room with a tiny kitchen area, but there were rules. In by 11pm, guests out by 10pm. Though I wrote poetry, read and drew a little in the evenings to alleviate my boredom, a fellow student gave me an entire cannabis plant, all dried out and ready to smoke. I think it was in lifting my boredom that I ended up setting fire to my bedsit. Cooking my supper on my baby belling, Suddenly, not only were the plastic curtains on fire around my mini kitchen, but the fat in the pan was on fire too, and pouring water on a fat fire is not what you should do. Flames vaulted up to the ceiling in an instant. Was I about to set fire to the house in handcuffs for fire-raising and possession? Oh, my God, for a second everything seemed to be on fire. Somehow. And I don't know how I managed to extinguish the leaping flames with the application of large wet amounts of clothing and towels. Phew! I don't remember wetting the pile of textiles, just the incredible sense of relief that I wasn't heading for prison. 
but the plastic curtain now hung in smouldering black and gloopy strings and everything stunk. Removing the curtain was my best form of cover-up, and of course there was much scrubbing of the walls and the belling and fanning the foul air towards open windows. After hours of cleaning, only friendships could thereafter establish my act of arson, and theft of a Woolies plastic curtain would not be a top priority, so perhaps I was going to be okay after all. The moral of this story is, of course, don't cook and smoke ganja at the same time. Events were about to overtake me, though. A letter from the local education authority stated that my grant had been reassessed downwards and I would no longer be able to reside in Ipswich. I would have to make the 35-mile trip from Clare by bus each day. That's nearly six hours travelling. Thus, my second term began in 1974, getting up at 5.30am to arrive at the art school in Ipswich at 9am. Often I was late. And with the wind behind me, I might just get back at 7pm. I hated product design with a vengeance. My lack of work and the poor quality of what I produced led to a special assessment. A six-speed drawing of miners collaged in with a portrait of muddy waters saved my bacon. But for what? I loathed the course, and, whatever the flack from my parents, I left art school on completion of the second term. Yes, I'd flunked it. Twenty-one years old, and up shit creek again. What now? There was only one place to go, the factory.